Welcome to the Knox Presbyterian Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're here. We hope this resource is a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Today's scripture reading comes from Psalm 30, verses 4 and 5. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. This is the word of the Lord. We take fun seriously. Doing church and having a good time are not mutually exclusive. Laughter, joy, and good clean fun are an essential part of our life together. We take Jesus seriously and ourselves less so. My name is Ginny Van Blaricum, and my family and I have been a member of Knox for the better part of 27 years. My name is Timothy Narney. Uh, my family and I have been members of Knox for 10 years. Having fun is at the very core of everything I do. I, I believe it's an essential component of developing camaraderie, enticing participation, and creating close relationships. Whether it's been on a mission site, at a council meeting, on a golf course, around a dinner table, at a ball game in the sanctuary, or a myriad of other places, fun has found a place between and among the people at Knox. Following a recent session meeting that was particularly animated, Becca sent a letter to the council that read in part, truly I do not think that I have ever laughed that much at a session meeting. You are remarkable people and Knox is an incredible church. Business definitely took place around the table that evening, but we also cheered for an elder that had just completed the marathon and we respectfully joked with each other about topics we were discussing. We did accomplish business. We had serious fun that evening while good works were being done within our four walls. 10 years ago, when we came to Knox, we came to find a kids program for our children. And we found a fun, happy, energetic kids program that just by participating, we had as a whole family had a great, great time and we knew we had found our new church home. From watching our children come up in the church programs and the, in the kids programs and then seeing their faces as they get to participate in more and more, it makes their participation and their joy contagious, which makes us have a great time. As I look ahead to future council meetings, Knox Serve Sundays, mission trips, mankind and Presbyterian women's events, athletic gatherings, Bible studies, small groups, and so many other activities that Knox has planned, I am certain that fun will be had and good works will be done in the process. We take fun seriously, and I couldn't be prouder that Knox recognizes the importance and understands the value of having fun while doing our good works. I'd love to see Knox continue to 
inspire youth, bring the kids to Jesus, to inspire young, vibrant church leaders, um, and to, to reach out and spread the joy throughout our community um, and make Knox known for as a church that is fun and inviting and inclusive and just a blessing to the entire community and beyond. Good morning, everyone. My name is David Bruner. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's uh, so much fun to be with you all today. I'm delighted to be up here and to be sharing the word with you. As that video tells us, we're in our sermon series looking at our new core values here at Knox. We're wrapping up that series today with uh, fun. We're talking about fun today, which is one of my favorite of the core values. Before we get into talking about it in detail, I want to read some scripture. I'd invite you to pray with me. Good and gracious God, our Father in heaven, uh, help us to hear your word today, to take it to heart and apply its message in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This reading comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things that you have learned and received and heard and noticed in me, do them, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last year at this time, Beck and I had only been at Knox for a few months. And the time rolled around for the annual Cranes Pie Sale. We wanted to drum up support for it. So we announced that if we as a church sold 125 pies, we would allow ourselves to get pied in the face. Now when I say we decided, I mean that Becca decided and I was notified of the decision. But I went along because I figured, and she figured too, 125 pies is a lot of pies. We're probably not going to sell that many pies. We're probably very safe. But we thought wrong. We found out the very next week that we'd hit our target of 125. In fact, we had exceeded it by a significant number. It turns out that one particularly playful member of the congregation had gone out and personally purchased 77 pies. <laughs> And I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it was Jim Berner. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And the very next week, he saw us in worship, and he came up to us with a smile on his face and a gleam in his eye, and he shook our hands, and he simply said, welcome to Knox. <laughs> and it was the best welcome to this church we could have received. 
One of the reasons my wife and I love being your pastors is because of how much fun it is to serve here. Knox is a place that loves to have fun. You heard in that video testimony that our session meetings are fun. Now, I don't know if you know this, session meetings have the reputation of being rather dry, but they're pretty enjoyable around here. That's why we chose fun as one of our core values. Our core, our core value reads, we take fun seriously. Doing church and having a good time are not mutually exclusive. Laughter, joy, and good, clean fun are an essential part of our life together. We take Jesus seriously and ourselves less so. You know, fun sometimes gets short shrift from pastors. Pastors don't talk a lot about, a lot, about it a lot from the pulpit. Um, I've heard a lot of sermons about joy in my Christian life. I've heard very few sermons about fun. And I think there are a lot of reasons for that. Sometimes fun can, some, can seem a bit trivial compared to the other weightier aspects of the Christian life. I'll say more about that in a minute. It's also because joy and fun stand in a unique relationship. You can have one without the other. You can have fun, but no joy. We all know the feeling of being miserable about something, and you try and distract yourself with some fun activity. You buy some ice cream, or you go see a movie, right? And usually it doesn't work. On the other hand, sometimes you can have joy even when there's very little fun in your life. It's one of the most profound parts of our Christian faith. Paul's letter to the Philippians is a famous example of this. As some of you know, Paul himself was in prison when he wrote this letter. And yet in it, he famously commands the Philippians to rejoice, and the letter is steeped with a profound joy in Jesus. One of the treasures of our faith is its ability to grant us joy even when times are very tough indeed. There are plenty of Christians in this world who are in some hospital bed or in an unemployment line or in prison who are not having very much fun at all, <laughs> but who, by God's grace, have the joy of the Holy Spirit. And that's a beautiful thing. Nevertheless, I want to suggest today that fun is an important part of our faith. Fun is important for our faith. In particular, I want to suggest that the joy we have in Jesus and fun tend to run together. They tend to run together. Another way of putting that is that fun is a symptom of joy. Fun is a symptom of joy. They don't always come together, and circumstances may drive them apart, but on the whole, and for the most part, if you've got the joy of Jesus in your life, you're going to find fun sneaking in somewhere. And conversely, I want to suggest as well that fun can be a pointer for the deeper, more profound joy we have in Christ. So in what follows, I'm going to preach a sermon about fun. Now I know to some of you, you're thinking a sermon about fun. That sounds like a, a, a test about juggling or an oral exam about comedy. It's kind of a contradiction in terms, right? And I know, but stick with me here. I got three points I wanna say about why fun is important for our faith. First, fun says something important about the church. 
Second, fun says something important about redemption. And third, fun says something important about God's kingdom. So I'm going to tackle those three reasons one at a time. First, fun says something important about the church. I don't know if you know this. The church is not always thought of as a fun place. Did you know that? Someone once asked the famous satirist H.L. Mencken how to define Puritanism, and he replied this way, Puritanism is the haunting fear that someone somewhere may be happy. And that's how people, unfortunately, sometimes think of the church. They think of the church as the place where fun goes to die, an organization that exists to make people feel generally guilty, sad, and miserable. I once read a story by a pastor who was approached by a young couple looking to get married in the church. And the bride had grown up there. She was very comfortable in that congregation. She was looking forward to raising her family there. The groom, on the other hand, had grown up and he'd only been to church once or twice in his whole life. And he was pretty uncomfortable, even darkening the door of that church, much less being married there. And so the pastor sat down with the couple and he talked to them and he very kindly asked the groom, you know, what is it that makes you so uncomfortable about church? And the guy stuttered and stammered and he said, well, I believe in God and all that, but I'm just not ready for church you know, to be honest, I'm not ready to give up all the things in life that I enjoy. And that's the impression some people have about church. When you're ready to give up all the fun parts of life, come see us. And that's one reason fun is so important in our faith. It's kind of a preemptive strike against the idea that church is the place where fun goes to die. Whether it's playing a silly youth group game or singing a silly VBS song. Whether it's getting hit in the face with a pie or laughing until you're blue in the face with your small group. Having fun tells the world something about Christian community. It tells, us that, it tells them that Christian community is a place that multiplies happiness rather than diminishes it. When we have fun as a church, we tell the world, hey, we are not sticks in the mud. We are down-to-earth, normal, humorous people who love laughing and teasing and having fun together. Some of you remember that old Billy Joel song where he says, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners have much more fun. To which I respond, sir, that is a false alternative because the saints I know do more laughing than just about anyone else. And that leads me to the second reason fun is an important part of our faith. Fun says something important about redemption. Fun says something important about our redemption in Jesus. As Becca explained so beautifully last week, God's grace means that we don't have to be perfect to be in a relationship with him. We don't have to measure up to some self-imposed standard because Jesus has already measured up for us. And that means in turn that our flaws and our mistakes aren't something we have to hide from. They're not something we have to be ashamed of. Instead, they're something we can acknowledge and even laugh at. The word humble has the same root as the word humor. 
I was pretty excited when I found that out. The word humble has the same root as the word humor. And when we find the humor in ourselves, we show humility. Think about the arrogant people you know. They have this tendency to find everyone else's flaws very amusing, but not their own. Humility means that you find your own flaws just as funny as everyone else does. And there's something profoundly Christian about that. I love the words of our core value where it says, we take Jesus seriously and ourselves less so. I find the older I get in life, the more impressed I am with Jesus and the less impressed I am with myself. The English writer G.K. Chesterton put it a little bit more poetically when he said, the reason angels can fly is because they take themselves so lightly. I love that. The reason angels can fly is because they take themselves so lightly. Poking fun at ourselves is a sign that our flaws no longer have the kind of hold on us they once did. Let me spell this out for you. As many of you know, and as some of you have probably already guessed, I am a little bit of an absent-minded professor type. Uh, if you want to have a deep conversation about virtually anything, I'm your guy. If you want to talk politics or sports or music or movies or theology or philosophy or history or economics, please come talk to me. If you have lost your car keys, I cannot help you. Not only because I don't know where they are, I probably don't know where my own car keys are right now, okay? And as you might imagine, I'm prone to forgetting or losing track of things despite my best intentions. A couple months ago, uh, I left my dog, Felix, here at the office. So we often bring Felix with us to work on a weekday. And Becca left early, and I'm quite sure she said to me, hey, Dave, just remember to bring the dog home, will you? But I left all of my brain cells on the playing field that day. It was a very long day in the Lord's Vineyard. And so I just got my keys. I walked out the door. Felix had curled up on Becca's couch with the lights off and was quite happy. I came home. I made our family dinner. And as we sat down around our kitchen table, my wife looked at me and said, Dave, where's the dog? <laughs> and I wished you could have seen my face. And I said, well, I think he's at the office. <laughs> now, fortunately, we already had an evening meeting planned. So we came back to the office and Felix was like, hey, I was wondering where you guys were. And there was no problem. But I was a little embarrassed. The absent-minded professor. Once a couple years ago, I uh, went out to go to the gym. And I brought an iPad with me so I could watch some Netflix while I was on the treadmill. And uh, it was a snowy day, so I cleaned the snow off the windshield of our car, and I put the iPad on the roof. You can see where this sermon illustration is going. <laughs> sure enough, I got back in the car, turned the car on, and drove off to the gym, unaware that I had left the iPad on the roof of the car. And it shot off like a Polaris missile and lodged on the side of the road. Now, it would have been less embarrassing if I'd simply destroyed the iPad, but that's not what happened. Instead, a friend of ours found it, and they said, wait a second, this is Dave and Becca's iPad. What is it doing here? 
And so I leave to the gym. Half an hour later, the doorbell rings, and it is some family friends who said, we found this iPad on the side of the road. Does it belong to you? And I'm pretty sure Becca said, I don't know how it wound up there, but I'm pretty sure it was Dave's fault. Thank you very much for bringing it. For a long, long time, this sort of thing drove me absolutely bananas. It would drive me crazy. And I felt so frustrated and angry. I felt so irresponsible and disorganized. And as I've gotten older, and as the Lord has worked in my life, two things have happened. The first is that I work really hard to stay organized on top of things. I have a system. I try and write everything down. I set up multiple reminders for the important stuff so that I forget less. The second thing that's happened as I've gotten older is that I'm better at laughing at myself. And that's really been a gift from God. A couple weeks ago, uh, the Verbum class that I teach on Thursday morning took a one-day retreat up at Covenant Harbor in Lake Geneva. And I was working really hard to make sure it all went smoothly. I wanted to make sure it went off perfectly, without a hitch, and that everyone had exactly the experience they wanted. We got there. We settled in for opening worship. I was preaching on Mark chapter 2. And instead, I read from Mark chapter 1. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced this in worship. It's happened to me only a few times in my Christian life. It's really the train wreck of preaching. There's, nothing, there's no elegant way to get out of it. You can't just start preaching a sermon on some wildly different text than the one you prepared for. There's nothing to be done except to say, well, guys, that was the wrong passage of the Bible, which is what I did. Everybody had a good laugh. We preached our sermon. And I think that accident was a gift from God. It was God's way of reminding me and reminding all of us that things don't have to be perfect to be used by him. I don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. The church doesn't have to be perfect to be used by God. And the weekend was amazing. Everybody had a great time. To be saved by Jesus Christ is to receive the freedom to regard our flaws not as fatal defects, not as disqualifiers from God's kingdom, but as occasions for humility and even humor. And I think that's pretty cool. Third and finally, fun says something important about God's kingdom. Think about it. Jesus says throughout the gospels that the kingdom of God is like a wedding banquet. A wedding banquet. Now, I don't know what sort of wedding banquets or wedding receptions you've been to in your life, but most of the ones I've been to, they've been pretty fun. Think about it, right? You've just seen two people that you know and often care about on the happiest day of their lives. There's delicious food. Nine times out of 10, you're not paying for it. All your friends and family are there. You can have a glass of your favorite beverage. And after dinner, there's usually music and dancing. I remember at my own wedding reception, pausing in the middle of the dancing, looking out across the dance floor and seeing my mom and dad, two very demure Midwestern people, dancing together to Michael Jackson's Beat It. (laughs) And thinking, this is what heaven's going to be like. Wedding banquets are fun. And that means the kingdom of heaven is going to be fun. God's kingdom is going to be like a party that never ends. Where nobody gets tired, 
Nobody's feet hurt. Nobody spills their drink. The DJ never plays a bad song and nobody's child has a meltdown because they've stayed up past their bedtime. And here's the thing that's really important. We don't live in God's kingdom yet. We've learned from our study of God's kingdom this fall that the kingdom is already here, but it's not yet here in its fullness. We find it present here and there, but in moments, and it's not yet here in its fullness and power. That'll only happen when Jesus Christ returns. You and I know that the kingdom is coming, but it's not here yet. And in many ways, the world we live in now, it's a world of great sadness and hardship. And I, I know this partly because I'm your pastor. I look out at all of you and I know your stories about depression and anxiety, about financial difficulty, about job loss, whatever it may be. And that's to say nothing of what it's like in other parts of the world. War and violence and disease. And there are people who would say that all that pain in the world around us means that focusing on fun is kind of trivial and shallow, right? Why are we talking about fun when there's so much war and hate and hurt in the world? But I think the opposite is true. The willingness to have fun, to be silly, to pursue the simplest and least complicated forms of happiness, those things are an act of faith in God's kingdom. They're an act of faith in that heavenly banquet. They are a way of affirming that we were made for something more than mere survival. That we were made for joy and delight and worship. Fun reminds us that joy is the deep down truth of God's kingdom. I recently heard a wonderful story about this from a writer online. When he was a child, a family in his church fell on hard times. And so the congregation got together and they started buying this family groceries. And every week, someone would drop off a bag or two of groceries, help that family get by. This man's dad insisted on buying them ice cream in addition to staples like milk and bread. And his son asked why. And his dad said, everybody deserves some ice cream. You know, everybody and their brother is going to be giving this family soup. They're going to be living on soup for months. But you know what? They deserve ice cream. So that's what I'm going to give them. Sisters and brothers in Christ, you were not made just for soup. You were made for ice cream. You were not made just to work hard and earn a decent living. You were made to watch Christmas movies with your family in front of a fire while an apple pie bakes in the oven. You are not a parent just so that you can teach your kids responsibility and the difference between right and wrong. You are a parent so you can have fun with your kids. You can have a snowball fight with them in the backyard and chase them around while they scream with delight and your dog barks in the distance. The end of our story as Christians is not a heavenly lecture hall. It is not a heavenly um, office park. The end of our story is a heavenly banquet, a heavenly wedding reception, 
where joy and delight and fun will never end. And the tiniest earthly acts of fun, that cheesy dad joke you share with a friend, that inside joke that makes you and a friend giggle, whatever it may be, those tiny acts can be a way of reminding us what our eternal destiny is on the other side of this veil of tears. So you guys know that as part of each sermon Becca and I preach, we try to include a, uh, an application point, some way of putting our lesson into practice. So I'm happy to report that uh, this week is probably the easiest application you'll ever get. This week, I want you to have fun. Indeed, I command you to have fun in the name of Jesus. So find some way to have fun. And if possible, I want you to share it with a friend, with a family member, with someone who needs a little bit of blessing in their life. And if you have a particularly awesome bit of fun, feel free to share it with me. When you do that, you'll say something about the church, about redemption, and about God's kingdom. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information on how to get connected, please visit our website at knoxprez.org. That is K-N-O-X-P-R-E-S dot org. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or Spotify.